Good morning, church. God is good. I, I wanted uh, brother brother Timer to get us ready for the lesson this morning. I think he did his part, and now we just have to read the scriptures together. And God will always do His part, right? So we praise our God. Thank you for your prayers, by the way, and your cards and calls. And I, I still have uh, that that old pesky stone, but eventually um, it will pass. We'll be good to go. Uh, but keep me in your prayers so we can get that done. Let's go to our great God in prayer, please. It is great to see you here, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your presence. Uh, those of you visiting us with us physically here today and those online, we thank you for your presence. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Our magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious God in heaven, hallowed be your great and amazing name. Thank you, Lord God, for your greatness. As we were able to wake up this morning, Lord God, and, and see how you painted our roads and the snow. We thank you for its beauty. We know, Lord God, that it serves a purpose. It serves your divine purpose. And we pray, Lord God, that you'll help us to be ever thankful for your kindness and for your grace, for waking us yet another day to see your glory. Lord God, we thank you this morning for worship. We pray that our worship will and has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight, that we might bring honor and glory under your name. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, whom you have so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary, who died for us, that we might live. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we do pray and give thee thanks. It be thy will. Amen. Our topic this morning, I think you figured that out, is hallelujah. Uh, Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19 is the Armageddon chapter, and so we'll get to that, Lord willing, next week. But this week we've got to realize and understand that there's a reason for God's people to praise His name. The irrevocable doom uh, has been pronounced against Rome. Rome's destruction, Rome's judgment is is before the saints who are reading uh, this book and who are participating in this persecution. God has already avenged the blood of the saints. And so for that reason, heaven says... Hallelujah. Hallelujah is written and found four times in this chapter. And I want to read them quickly. Chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. After these things I heard as it were a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Verse 3. And a second time they said, Hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. Verse 4. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the sound of many waters as the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah for the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Hallelujah is a word that actually is is borrowed from from the Hebrew text and it occurs four times, but in the New Testament it's only found right here in Revelation chapter 19. Hallelujah is an encouragement, right? It's exhortation. It it's the same as saying Praise the Lord, but with, with, with amazing amount of exaltation. So, 
Uh, it's kind of an interesting word that would be used here in this text. And so as we think about this word, hallelujah, I'm going to ask you this question. Do Christians have a good reason? Let's keep it in the context first. Did they have a good reason, those children of God, those Christians, to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord? I mean, they were in the midst of a tremendous persecution. They were being, they were being slaughtered. They were being executed. They were, they were being heavily taxed. Their property was being seized. It was a terrible, terrible time. And yet heaven says, Christians rejoice and say, hallelujah. Do we have a good reason? I'm going to hang this one out here and come back and pick it up. To rejoice and say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Someone said, I, I, I hate wearing these masks. And I say, I haven't worn a mask for 50 years. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Someone says, well, you know, I hate that we have to be separated apart. I haven't been separated all the days of worshiping God except for this year. Hallelujah. We have a reason to praise our God. But now I want you to see. How God is showing the saints that even through all of this persecution and all of these struggles, that they have a great reason to say hallelujah, praise the Lord. So let's go back to chapter 1 of Revelation. And we're going to do just a quick summary of, uh, and I could, cho- I could have chosen so many additional passages, but I want to do just a summary. And I'm going to read, we're going to read together about uh, 13 verses that shows how God has brought them from, here's where we are, but here's where you are. And you have every reason to rejoice and praise the Lord, even in your circumstance, and say, hallelujah. Verse 7, the Bible says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, even so, amen. Jesus is coming back. He's alive and he's well. Chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, And the four living creatures... Each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Rome is not in charge. God is in complete and total control. Verse 11, the Bible says, Worthy art thou, our Lord. And our God to receive glory and honor and power for thou didst create all things and because of thy will they existed and were created. Hallelujah. Chapter 5 verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals for thou wast slain. And did his purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God. And they will reign upon the earth. Praise the Lord. You see, it, it looks like it appeared as though they were losing. But really the reality is God was in and is in complete and total control. Verse 12. 
saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. God, who's in control. Verse 13, And every created thing which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessings and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. Chapter 7, verse 10. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, Salvation! To our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Verse 12. Saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And someone said, you know, I don't really like reading the book of Revelation because it's so confusing. You see the message that God is trying to convey to us? Brethren, we not only win, we have already won. And even though the saints were struggling, the victory was theirs. Because the reality is this. We're not trying to stay here. We're trying to go home. And if Rome were going to send you there early, then praise God for that. In verse 15, the text goes on to say, For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve Him Day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them, and they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd, and shall guide them to springs of the water of life, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, what happened is this. Go to chapter 11. What's happened is this. Somewhere along the way, Satan has deceived us into believing that we've got to do everything to stay here on earth. We got the message backwards, brethren. The message is backwards. We're not supposed to pay dividends to stay here on earth. We're supposed to pay dividends to get to heaven to be with God. You see, Rome thought if we execute these people, if we kill these people, if we murder them, the church will go away. But all it did was strengthen the church because these brethren weren't afraid to die. For these brethren were saying, wait a minute, I'm not trying to stay here anyway. I cannot wait to go home to be with God. And so as saints were being executed, they were saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's what heaven says. When will we ever get there? When will we ever get that mindset to where we can understand the greatness of our God, that brethren, life is not living on the earth. Life is living in heaven. And that this is not our heaven. But we're trying to get there. Chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 17. Folks say, I don't like talking about death. Well, you have to talk about it. You don't need a second opinion. All of us are going to die. Just die right. Die with God. You see, it's backwards. It's I've got to do everything to stay. No, you need to do everything to go. Be faithful. Be loving. Be compassionate. Be humble. Be like God. So that when we venture over from this life into the next, we can say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Chapter 11, verse 17. Saying, we give the 
thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty who art and who was, because thou hast taken thy great power and hast begun to reign. And the nations were enraged, and the wrath came, and the time came for the dead to be judged, and the time to give their reward to thy bondservants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to those who fear thy name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. Chapter 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even to death. For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he only has a short time. His time is almost over. And then, to put it all into perspective about life in death, chapter 14 and verse 13, a different view of death. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. We have it backwards, brethren. We have it backwards. Chapter 15, verse, thir- verse 3. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. O Lord God, the Almighty, righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy, for all the nations will come and worship before thee. For thy righteous acts have been revealed. And then chapter 18, verses 1 and verse 2. And after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, and she has become a dwelling place of demons, and a prison of every unclean spirit, and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. And so Heaven says, hallelujah, because Rome has fallen. Babylon is going to be destroyed. Babylon has fallen. So God's people rejoice. They rejoice because while we're on the earth, of course, we would love to live without persecution and without suffering. But while on the earth, even if we have to suffer, suffer with Jesus. Keep life in the proper perspective. It's all about God. It is not about me. So hallelujah, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now let's go back and grab the text. Chapter 19, verse 1. After these things, I heard, as it were, a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, 
Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Why? Verse 2. Because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who has, was corrupting the earth with her immorality. And he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. Hallelujah. Why? Because not only has God saved us, but God gets revenge. And God has gotten revenge on Rome. So heaven says, hallelujah, the saints under the altar never forget them in Revelation chapter 6. The beheaded saints say, hallelujah. Oh, they have their heads back, right? Verse 3. And a second time they said, hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. So the 24 elders and, and, the, and, the, and in chapter 4, they never left the throne. Now here's what's important. When we get over to chapter 20, chapter 20 says the same thing that you read in other places in the, in the book of Revelation where it says Christ began to reign. Or Christ is reigning. The point that it's it's telling us, the text is trying to indicate to us that Christ has always reigned, has always been reigning. But what he does is it shows us the Christ, the man who was on the earth, and now the Christ who goes back to heaven to dwell with God. That this Jesus reigned, and then for a time he was not reigning while he was on the earth. But now he's back in heaven reigning again. And so when you get to chapter 20 and verse 4 and you start hearing about, you won't hear it in the Bible. You'll hear it from man about the rapture and, and you know, premillennialism and postmillennialism and Christ coming back and reigning and sitting on the throne of Jerusalem and all that kind of stuff. Just get that out of your mind. Because it's not something that's going to happen. It's been for happening from the days of eternity. That Jesus Christ reigns. Verse 5. Rejoice, it says. Verse 5 says, And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. And I heard as it were, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty peals of thunder. Saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. See, the picture, the picture was this. The picture was, the Romans, Domitian in particular right now, says, we reign. We're in charge. We're in charge of you. We're in charge of the world. We're in charge of God. In fact, we are God. And Jesus says, oh, oh, I'm going to destroy you because of your pride and your arrogance and because you're persecuting my people. And Rome didn't figure it out. Some did, praise God for that. But the nation didn't figure it out. You see, what they were doing is Rome fought and fought and fought to remain a nation, to remain in power, to remain glorious. But everybody hated Rome. I've said this before. Everyone hated Rome. And you know, Rome was destroyed. Like every other nation has been destroyed. Brethren, let's not get it backwards. Let's not fight for this place. Let's fight to get to heaven. Let's fight 
to go to be with God. Verses 7 through 10. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to Him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And he said to me, Right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These words are true. Words of God. And I fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the wife is the church, right? We already know that, don't we? And so, and so in Revelation, when it's saying the bride is coming, the bride is ready, the bride is already there. It's the church. God is reminding the saints, brethren, we're already there. We are already victorious in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to grab just verse 8, which is important. And it was given to her, the church, to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So God says, you can't come to this marriage, to this wedding, any old way. You got to have the proper adornment, the proper attire. The proper clothing. And you know what the clothing is? The righteous acts of the saints. You see, live your life right now. Turn to Colossians, please. Chapter 1. Live your life right now so that when your day comes, that God will say, well done, ye good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. Live right now to reach your goal. And our goal is heaven. God has done something for the church. The the church continues to exist because of the great power of God. And for that, we can say hallelujah. Over 2,000 years, it's still here. Because God promised it would never go away. Colossians 1 and verse 13. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. They thought Jesus had died. Well, he did. He died was buried, but he rose. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. And though it seemed as though Rome would would shake this kingdom, only God can shake the kingdom. And let me tell you something about the kingdom. It's unshakable because of the God whom we serve. In Hebrews 12 and verse 28, the Bible says, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Brethren, the idea, the point of the matter, the point of revelation is get your life right so that you can go home to be with God. Whether it be today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or 20 years from now, get your life right so that you can be with God. That's what's important. Well, that kind of really deflates Rome, doesn't it? Because Rome's idea was, 
We're going to make you subject to us. We're going to make you submit to us. And we're going to be in charge of you forever. And the Christians say, we submit to God. And because of that, or for that reason, we follow the rules of the lands, of the laws of the land in which we follow. As long as they do not contradict the law of God. You want me to carry your cloak one mile, I'll carry it two. You slap me on the face, I'll turn the cheek and allow you to slap the other. I'm not worried about this life. I want to go home to be with God. And when that day comes, my acts, the righteous acts that I have displayed in living for Jesus will be exemplified before you and God will bring me home to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Brethren, we not only win, we win forever and ever and ever and ever. We never have a reason to give in or to give up. Turn to Matthew, please, chapter 16. And though sometimes we sin, all of us do, we don't live in sin. And when we sin, we feel bad about it. We repent to God and ask His forgiveness and His mercy. The kingdom is the church, and the church is the bride. And we encourage you to become a member, if you are not, of the kingdom of God, which is the bride of Christ, and allow your deeds that you exemplify, that you participate in this life to be those righteous acts, to put on the adornment, if you will, of Jesus. Verse 18, the Bible says, And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth or in heaven shall be loosed in Whatever you shall loose, excuse me, on the earth will be loosed in heaven. Or should the text say, shall have been loosed. Whatever you have bound shall have been bound. In other words, God's plan is already before us. Nothing else needs to be done. Not from heaven. The only thing that needs to be done is right here on the earth. Can you imagine Mark 9 and verse 1 where God says that some of you, some of you standing here today will not taste of death until you see the kingdom of God as it come, after it's come with power. Can you imagine them seeing the kingdom of God, the church, the church that Daniel spoke of that will destroy Rome and all the kingdoms of the world? And we'll be here until Jesus Christ returns. And brethren, here it is. Hallelujah. God is good. And this morning, if you will come to Christ, surrendering to Him in the waters of baptism, if you've not surrendered to Christ yet, we ask, as the Bible says, you've heard His word, you believe it, you're willing to make the sacrifice, to turn your life around, to come to Jesus, having godly sorrow, confessing the name of Jesus. Being baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. God is calling still today. If you have trouble in your life, if you like prayers made in your behalf, perhaps you're asking for prayers, allow the opportunity for us to pray with you or pray for you. The lesson is yours. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your time.
are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh with rose be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb, will your souls be ready for the mansion's bride? Are you washed? In the blood of the Lamb, are you washed? In the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb, are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?